0: Venus the Flytrap combines platforming action with an R-Type power-up system. We take a deep dive on episode 345 of Amigos Everything Amiga. Hi everybody, welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about Venus the Flytrap. Yes! Now, Aaron... Where do you stand on horticulture?
1: I stand, you know, listen, I don't know what that means. That's something to do with uh, uh, the vegetables. Art, the plants. art of plants. Yeah, no, gardening. I stand firmly away from it. Mm. I don't have a green thumb. You did
0: you I mean? ever, you know, in boys' life, they used to have, you could mail away for your own Venus flytrap? I don't remember seeing those. You never did that. Who would want
1: those? I never understood why you would want that. I want to feed something flies and stuff. That's gross. Mm.
0: I don't want to see it. You don't like insects much. Do I you?
1: don't. I don't like carnivorous plants either. They're creepy. They are. You know, when I went up to uh, Cranberry Glades, if you're wondering, that's, if you're watching the video, that's what's behind us. This Cranberry Glades, of Virginia, the only place in the whole state, one of the few places around that has, uh, you know, carnivorous plants in the wild. They've got pitcher plants and uh, Venus fly traps and whatnot. And when you go there, you get to see this stuff in action. It's creepy, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, to, to it's, big, it,
0: it's not as if when the when the plant eats the fly, it just disappears down the gullet. You see yeah. it slowly rotting away in there. Well, the pitcher plants are just a big, uh, it's a big bucket of crud
1: in a plant. Yeah. And stuff just lands in it and just dies. And mm-hmm. it gets dissolved in there. The plant does basically nothing.
0: You know, smart plant. And hey, that that's what we call the top of the evolutionary food chain.
1: Yeah, no kidding, eh? But no, I, I, I don't know why you would send a wafer. Just like people that had those... You ever know? Everyone knew a guy in school that had like an aquarium or something. He'd have some stuff in it that ate meat. It's either like a snake or a, or piranhas or something. Mm-hmm. They're feeding it. like, look, I'm feeding it, and you feed it with other smaller pets. Right, right. Who would do that? I don't even get their lizards. Mm-hmm. You know who? I don't want to feed something mice. Yeah. How do you afford that? Dude, those <gasps> things can't be cheap.
0: My, uh, you know, my bro- my buddy Tom, my roommate in college, he used to have a ball python. Yeah and uh he would actually you know you're supposed to put live mice in there yeah but the the ball python was so lame yeah that it couldn't What's... it couldn't it couldn't beat the mice the mice would like scratch up its face and run yeah. away so Tom would have to kill the mice. Now he couldn't. Get, you can't just order dead mice because they they have to be fresh, yeah the snake won't eat them. So he'd have to crush the mice in his hands. Oh, that's, before putting we're putting. That
1: in there. is just horrible. Yeah.
0: That turned me off. Uh, owning when a ball you say python.
1: the ball python was lame, you mean just not entertaining or couldn't move? <laughs> not entertaining. You know, here's the way I look at it: If a ball python's too boring to eat the live mouse, just let the thing die. It's its own fault. If it gets hungry enough, it'll eat
0: him. I don't want to tell you about about the time when it got constipated, what he had to do. Oh, God. Listen. Listen, this is you a you ever, horrible... You ever roll up one of those camper mattresses? Yeah. That's what... It <laughs> just do it in reverse? Yeah. That
1: is... That's a horrible tale. <laughs> and I mean that in every sense of the word. That is disgusting,
0: Boat. My God. Well, Aaron, let's leave that, Ben. <laughs> no,
1: please. look. Can we just leave that? I, I agree. Let's just get to the game. Let's so talk early. about
0: Venus the flytrap. Holy crap. Now, Boat, I know...
1: I know you never played this one, surely. This Rigabell, you're telling me you played this before? It seems like I'd heard about this before, but yeah. i have
0: never played it.
1: I'd never heard of this, played it. I'd never played it on the stream that I remember. This was brand new to me. Uh, Valina Stefaccia, of course, uh, released in 90. So you're just getting to that sweet spot of releases. But this was the first Amiga release for Gremlin. Mm, Did you know what that? Interesting. Is? The now, first of many. They published this, and presumably they they did this in-house, but most of the places I go, like uh, uh, Lemon or Hall of Light, don't have a developer listed. Uh, it was worked on uh, by, uh, uh, coded by George Allen, uh, who worked on, among other things, Switchblade 2 and Zool was his big claim to fame. Zool was like his baby. So think about it. This is the guy that ended up doing Zool. And I want to mention that because look at the backgrounds of this game. If you're watching at home, they're pretty blank. Mm-hmm. If you compare them to Zool, the busiest, most insane backgrounds right. ever, there's, the, there's a big difference between the two in terms of the visuals. Uh, the graphics on this were done by uh, Bimmy Hill, who worked on one of your favorites and one of the site's all-time favorites, Greg Norman's Ultimate Golf. <laughs> he also worked on 3D Galax. And also the graphics were done by Paul Gregory, he worked on a ton of stuff. He's the most uh, uh, well-traveled of the bunch here. He worked on uh, Drillers, Speedball 2, uh, 3D Construction Sets 1 and 2, Castle Master 1 and 2, which I've heard of Castle Master. Uh, the music was done by an outfit or a team-up of Mulholland and Lowe. Okay. I feel the low. I don't, As far as I can tell, it's That's is a it. cool name. This was all Mulholland and Lowe did. And the uh, interesting box art was done by uh, Peter Andrew Jones, Boat. And, of course, this was an ECS-OCS game. And was also uh, converted over to, or I think this actually was converted from, the Atari uh, ST. So yeah, this, this that's might...
0: what, I would think that this would be one of those many, many Amiga games that started life as an ST game.
1: Yeah, I will say, and we'll get into it here, but uh, there are, this is 1990, and things happen in this game that, once again, make other things we've seen through the tenure of this show inexcusable, which we'll get to. So, let's talk about this game uh, from Jump Street here, Bo, because this is a this is a uh, shooting platform game with elements of shmups in it, but it's got a backstory. And so the backstory in this is, I've been waiting to get into this backstory. So you know how man is, right? We had this beautiful world, and here we come mm-hmm. with all of our chemicals. We screwed it up. Global warming. You know this is getting less and less amusing as the years roll on when you right. see this stuff. Uh, and uh, of course, uh, we were killing off all the vegetation. We were killing off everything. Pesticides killed off rainforests. This is all in the opening. So, what does a good scientist do, right? Do so they cut back on global emissions? diets for suckers. <laughs> Not in this universe. So, what they did was they said, you know, what we're going to do here is we're going to breed some. Uh, we're going to breed uh, some cybernetic insects. Okay, we're going to release these cybernetic insects on the world,
0: and they'll take care of business. Which you know, it's funny because. You know, mm. people around the world have tried this in real life. Yeah, and it never works. Well, it didn't work in fake life either. Right?
1: Of what? Of course, what happened? The Cybernetic instincts The Cybernetic insects killed everything that was left and scorched the earth. <laughs> Good job, eggheads! You've screwed
0: us again. That's right, stupid <laughs> scientists. Ooh.
1: How does this happen?
0: How could you possibly screw up that bad? I was gonna say, you know, this is I think this has happened in West Virginia where there was some species of fish that was causing trouble, so they released a different species of fish to eat those. It's happened everywhere. And now we've got those snake fish that crawl up out of the water. Oh man, yeah. you don't want those. And man. I think the ladybugs are part of that too, yeah. were not they
1: part of that? They're too? all part
0: of it. So and, and ladybugs are everywhere
1: in West Virginia. The camp's full of them That's now. Right. They're gonna get the, So even this arcade has some in it. Yeah. <clears throat> so Your job, the scientists have one more trick up their sleeve. They've got one more super cyber insect, and that's you. Uh, And your job is to go and eradicate all the bad insects and cleanse the earth so things can grow again. I don't know how that would work. Considering the other, they specifically said that the bad insects destroyed everything. <laughs> but yet and, in the game it's a,
0: a lot of lush greenery and and you surely don't kill all the insects. I'm in the not game. fully convinced the person that wrote the backstory to this game actually played or even saw the game. Well listen, that may it may be the case, <laughs> but need, need need as we
1: say, we'll move on. So your job, you play a super bug. Now this bug this bug reminds me of Frogger in certain ways. You remember how you played Frogger, and Frogger could get run around, but if he got wet, he died. Mm-hmm. This is a winged insect, but only he only flies occasionally, and he can fall off ledges to his death. Mm. What? Yeah. Why? We Weird. don't know why. It Doesn't matter, right? You play the metal insect of doom, and the good thing about
0: your insect yeah, is. And I think did they actually name the insect as Venus the flytrap in the docks, or is that just I a? I never. Fly?
1: Well, actually, I got the docs right here, and I don't recall them naming. I don't it recall that, that either. But I could be wrong. Yeah. So anyways here you go you've got to go through these levels there are ten levels each level has five sections and then you've got a bonus section on each level and what a bonus that is <laughs> now you'll notice right away that you uh, move your you move your bug with the joystick and this is a game that's got up for jump your favorite and the button does the uh, does the firing at the bottom of the screen you're gonna see, a, uh, a line of various uh, weaponry. All right, it goes from normal, big shot, three-way mortar, uh, beam up, and four-way. Okay, what are these? These are various weapons you can put, you can pull in the service when you want. Now, there's a couple ways you can ch- switch weapons in this. One way is with the function keys; mm-hmm. you can just flip through the function keys. The other way is if you hold the joystick button and kind of hit in the direction, you'll you'll get them. You'll switch to the next right. one. Um, <clears throat> I know I don't know how far you got into this, and I did go and cheat so I could see the different levels, uh, but early on, I only got to where... I, I, right before I died, I could activate three-way, but early on, I couldn't get anything else to come up. Well, here's the thing.
0: Um, this game does not give you ample opportunities to upgrade your power-ups. If you're listening and you're not watching the video version of the show, imagine the R-type power-up system at the bottom of the screen. It looks exactly the same. Okay, you just have the names of the different weapons at the bottom of the screen, and uh, when you get certain, when you when you pick up power-ups in this game, it advances along the bottom. So you unlock weapons as you go. The problem is, is that unlike mm-hmm. our type, where you get, basically, you get, you know, uh, weapon upgrades pretty frequently. Yeah. Um, in this game, you get one weapon upgrade every couple stages. Yeah. Every couple stages. And when you die, you lose it, and you don't get it back. Which is funny, because you're picking up upgrades to beat the band. Yeah. This so, game is upgrade So just when, not weapon upgrades.
1: Just the basics of this game. Because really, once you understand the basics, the game doesn't change that much. Uh, you're going through the levels, uh, like I said, five levels, and when he, and really the levels are identical. I mean, the five levels inside of one world. Right. They literally could have... They, I will say, we often complain that levels are too long. If you took all these levels and combined them into one huge level, a lot of games would, would do that. We would complain. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll give this
0: game credit. It That's didn't break right. them up. That's right. Now... When they break them up, they don't put anything interesting at the end. You don't jump on the flagpole. You don't jump through a large no. golden ring. No. All you do is you jump off the edge you of the walk, screen. Or, and yeah, you never know where the end of the level right. is. You just sort of leave. And then the screen goes blank, and then you see in white text, it's time for a stage two.
1: It's almost like what this reminds me of. So Let's say, Bo, you were, the, you were like the playtester. And you're like, listen, guys at Gremlin, these levels are too freaking long. Can't you cut these stuff into, like say into fifths? And they were like, all right. And right before they released, and they just went and they're like, there you go. That's shut it. up. Yeah. Because it was the I mean, we complain about it, so I'm going to give them credit, but it's the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. And the levels, uh the whole five levels are the same. They're completely interchangeable, same enemies, same everything. Nothing changes. It just they add different I mean, there may be more difficult as you go on, but it, it looks the same. The enemies are the same. So, you go through the levels and you're shooting other bugs. And occasionally you'll shoot carnivorous flowers and then some other stuff when you get in the air. Uh, you start off with just a regular gun. I found the regular gun to be fairly capable. It just takes more hits to kill certain things. Uh, and as you go through, when you shoot an insect, it will turn into or drop a big metal core, okay? Or it basically looks like a, a steel donut or yeah. something, right? Now, when this first started happening, I was puzzled. Because when you walked over it, nothing happened. And you have to actually shoot the thing it drops. And then when you do that, uh, you're rewarded with several things. Uh, you, it could be extra ammo. It could be extra time. It could be a battery. There's a bunch of different stuff. But, I mean, none of it really is a power-up. Very, It's very rare you get a weapon power-up. Um, I want to talk about this right now before I move on. I think shoot having to shoot the the dropping sucks. It really slows the game down
0: exponentially, doesn't it? It's the it's the worst. It's I mean, the worst. It's because just... when you're playing a game like this, yeah, you want fast action. Okay. There are several things that stand in the way of fast action in this game, but the all time worst culprit is yeah. the fact that you literally because what happens is when you shoot an enemy, it's not as if the enemy just instantly disappears. There is an explosion animation that occurs, yeah. then the explosion fades, and then out of the ether, this steel donut pops up. Yeah. Then you've got to shoot it. So it's like three seconds between the time that you shoot first, start shooting an enemy, and when you pick up the power up. This game, if you wanted, if you if you if you told yourself,
1: how why isn't there a game that that sort of has the theme of Amphidia, but has the pace of God? Mm-hmm. This. Here you go. That's this it. is it. That's it. This is a slow, like plotting. Uh, like let's go with. Pl- I mean, it's a platform. There's a for the lot of compar-
0: I mean, I didn't think about the comparison, but there are a lot of similarities well, between this, this game a, and God.
1: This isn't puzzly. But I'm just talking about the speed the of speed it. The speed
0: of it. The 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 enemy patterns. The you know the enemies in this game. They don't seek you out. The enemies in this game have a set path. They're either bouncing up and down. Or they're traversing a small space horizontally back and forth. Yeah, these are about if these are if these were the things that's, that that squirts the earth of our planet, we deserved it. Yeah, because these things are they're 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 of little of little power. Well, as you get further into the game, obviously they become more dangerous. Uh, but early on, I will say,
1: as far as Amiga games go, uh, this game has a very easy to pick up feel. And you'll do well. You should be able to get through the, first, uh, through the first world without too much trouble. I got through the whole first world without dying yeah. once. Yeah, it's not that tough once you understand two things. One, they understand the pickups and how those work. And two, understand that you're under a time limit. I mentioned at the bottom of the screen, it lists all the weapons that you can eventually obtain at the top. You've got your score... And you've got something that says TI and number,
0: that's a timer clicking down on you, and it's got your health. And this game does something that I've never seen. First of all, this the timer, and like like in most platformers, is totally useless. Well, that's not true
1: if you get farther on, because there are things that automatically take your time when you well, land on n- them.
0: What I'm saying is that the, th- this game would have been just as good or better without a timer. There's no reason to artificially limit the amount of time that it takes to get through one of these stages because there's no exploration. Well, I don't know. You can I mean, you have to do something or you can be in to this level all day. The um <laughs> there this game is interesting because there are pads that you walk over in this game yeah. that do different things. Uh the, the the programmers decided it would be too much work to put in a trampoline. So what they've done instead was they just put a little a little drawing of something that resembles a spring. And when you're over top of it, you can jump They're by. They're arrows, basically. Yeah.
1: I mean, you don't, why
0: would there be... Tra- I mean, I don't know why there'd be these things in the forest. That's what I'm saying. But I mean, I don't know. There's, okay. Maybe there's some reason. But I don't th- know why. This is something that I've never seen in a game before. Uh, there are actually pads that you can walk over that drastically reduce your time. Yeah. Um, and, and these are in those the game are, for no other nasty. reason than to just screw with you. Uh, I've not seen that in the game before. I'm not exactly sure how that makes this game better, but they're there.
1: Well, I mean, I noticed that late on the later levels, there are tons of these. And so well, here's the that's thing
0: that's uh, an artificial uh, adversary in the time. I went through this whole game, I didn't play through it all, but yeah. I, I, I saw everything. And there are. Uh, there are the enemies do get slightly more difficult, but even on the very last stage of the game, you're still seeing guys that are bouncing straight up and down. You're yeah. seeing guys that are traversing left to right. It's not as if all of a sudden these these enemies get totally totally hard.
1: Now, I want to mention that I mentioned that there were five uh, there were five levels per stage, and there are ten. Or I guess that's yeah. Five, there are ten stages, ten worlds. Each one has five levels, but there's also a mystery, a bonus level at the end of each level. And I thought, and I read this, and I was like, okay, that sounds pretty cool. And this is where the game turns into a, a schmup. This, for some reason, in between levels, you can now fly, and there's a really quite, a, quite a nice sort of a parallax cloud with the sun setting scene in the background. And you basically, it's totally Amiga. You basically fly through and just shoot a bunch of insects. Mm-hmm. That's the level. And there are also some big huge. Bigger insects than you normally would encounter on this stage. There's a boss at the end yeah, of it? and at, it, at the end of it, you have this, like, uh, it's the old segmented worm mm-hmm. gimmick, the caterpillar. Yep. And you've got to shoot it. But the, what really was a bummer, because I started writing down, okay, first level, segmented worm. Then I got the second level, segmented worm. And it turns <laughs> out, there that's it. Right. That's the only boss. So yeah. And now... Don't get me wrong. The bonus levels get much harder.
0: Even even the first even the first bonus level is not easy. Compared I think to the, it's
1: harder than the actual platform. Absolutely, the first level.
0: absolutely. Um, and and then so once you kill the segmented
1: worm, you get an extra man, uh, and the uh, level's over. That's mm-hmm. pretty much all there is to it. Then you go to the second world. Now I've got a list here. The these worlds. I mean, you went through the whole game. You said and you looked at it. Uh, the the worlds that are that you have to choose from here, you've got the first level, which I don't know if it has a name. Then you've got Frozen Waste, Wood World. I like that one. Uh, <laughs> Death Valley, Tech World, Dead City, uh, Pyrids, Creeping Swamp, and Translucent Plants. Now, these names are cool. But really, th- this is basically a rough coat of paint, effectively, over the same... There's not like a bunch of radical changes... No. As you go through the game, and now, like you said, the and enemies become more. Uh, I guess there are patterns are more aggressive. Uh, they fire a lot
0: more. There's so more projectiles in, in the coming first at you. level, for yep. example.
1: There's really not much firing. Right. In the second level, there are these gun gun turrets that fire at you, and occasionally you'll come across something that fires at you uh, on the second level. What are the neat things about this game? This is sort of this game's bread and butter in terms of a gimmick, is the bit where you go across these pads that have arrows up and down. And when you do that you suddenly are walking on the ceiling mm-hmm. and so the entire game is reversed and it's pulled off real well and yeah. very smoothly uh and there and there's a certain amount of strategy to these areas and even a certain amount of strategy as to when you want to walk on the pads because you don't want to have your your uh,
0: your bug flip up into an enemy, right? Because yeah, there's an enemy crawling around up there. I would have liked to have seen, because that is the it's probably the coolest feature. of the That's game, the, I would honest. say that's the bit.
1: Yeah. Right. When I that's because really, you, if it's not like your the weapons are really awesome or mm-hmm. the ship gets cool and augmented, it's none of that stuff. The, the enemies are nothing to write home about. No. I mean, honestly, I, no. I mean, I guess the worms the coolest thing. But I mean, we've seen that done a million times mm-hmm. in a million different games. The segmented worm. Uh, even the bonus stage where you're flying, I mean, that's not that original We've seen that before, mm-hmm. you know. So uh, I guess the the upside down part is the most interesting part. But really, I and mean, it's it's implemented okay. I mean, and like I said, the, the entry and the exit part, it's smooth. But I mean, it, you know, I, I think that okay, what could someone now? This is a big stretch, but what could the minds at like uh, at Nintendo or something do with uh, that that capability? They would come up with some real wacky, crazy stuff. This just sort of puts it in, and then you sort of have to jump stuff, and you're upside down. It's not like it's anything uh, that's a world beater to me. Right, what right. do you think?
0: I, you know, this game could have been so much more awesome than it was. Okay, if they would have given you more power ups, if they would have given you the, the if you know if you could have picked up power ups as often as you do in a normal shooter, yeah, and then been able to strategically choose which power up to use in a given situation because you have limited ammo. One yeah. of the things that's cool. Is like the 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 three shot. Well, every time you shoot it, it takes away three ammo. Right? right. You know, so you have to be strategic with what you're doing. I would have liked to have seen more ways to approach problems. For example, I would have liked to have seen ways where you can either tackle. Maybe they make it a little bit easier to go up on the on the roof, but you have to contend with you know the controls being reversed. Um, maybe uh, or instead you can go down on the bottom, but you have to choose your weapon rightly. You know. And I would have liked to have seen a little bit more uh, exploration in this game. This game is literally, there's no exploration at all. You're going from left to right, yeah. and that's it. Now, you know... Because we often
1: to complain about I'm, Yeah, I'm talking of out
0: of both sides of yeah. my mouth. Because I always talk about how there's too much exploration. But this, you know, when you go through this whole game, it's it's just, it's not very interesting because there's, aside from the window dressing of the scenery in each of the worlds, Nothing much really changes throughout the course of the game. Yeah. I would have almost preferred if they, if they're not going to give you the power ups, maybe just say, okay, in in world one you get to use the big shot, that's your power up, and then in world two you can use a three way. You know, at least that would give the stages more variety and more character, and they could have designed the enemy patterns around the special weapons that you have. Well, as you get further into the game, like for example, the mortar becomes a lot more usable because
1: you're in areas that are very confined. And you need a weapon that sort of launches upward and loops around like a mortar does, like in an arc. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so they have, to a certain extent, they have done that, sort of. But, I mean, it's, I I don't like to have
0: to, what's the point of even having that meter at the bottom of the screen if you have to wait, wait, wait? And I hate the fact that you can't, you lose stuff when you die. Like, I know that's par for the course. Yeah. But when they don't make it easy to get back, and you know, a pity has suffered from this, too um it, it just it makes the game not fun and at the end of the day i want to have fun when i'm playing a game
1: this game has a lot uh, has a little bit in common with the pity and that a uh, pity tried to pass itself off as an arcade game this thing's got the bit where it to insert the quarters stupid well i mean i mean i don't mind it's cute i see where they're going here but i mean no one's gonna mistake this for an arcade game no. uh but the whole insect thing but and this this is a crisp Clean. I, mean, I don't want to get twisted. This is a crisp, clean-looking game. This game it's, looks great. It, it looked. Well, I mean, no, I don't agree I with that. I think great. it looks okay for 1990 on the Amiga. A I 1990 think it, looks great. it was played, but no, I think it looks okay. It's. I mean, it looks like an Amiga game. It looks like Fire and Ice, and a bunch of other games we've played on here. Okay, but a game like a game like a they went that extra mile to make it. Some parts were beautiful, and some parts were gross. Yeah. And they made it, the, the worlds were far more interesting. Oh, sure. I mean, these things, I mean, literally, if they're generic as you can get. There's nothing here that's going to blow your mind. There's no incredible architecture. It's just like generic crud, you know, sprawled across five levels that are the same. What's the point of having five levels of each of these? That's too many.
0: It's just, I ar- mean, it's just artificially lengthening the game. I mean,
1: it's not like, if you take a time, if you're like, I'm going to build five awesome levels per world. Okay, great. But if you're gonna use, if you're say, I'm gonna make one level per world, and we'll just because on the on the
0: on the box they can say fifty levels,
1: right? That's yeah, you're that's exactly what it is. It's not like it's not like man, I can't wait to see what they got next or mm.
0: what enemy's coming up next or right. what's
1: the boss. Right,
0: you don't have any of that. You got no in. bosses at all. At the end of the game, here's how the game ends, folks. You hop off the edge of the screen. And it says, congratulations, you beat the game. Yeah. That's and, it. And it. And it shows the credits, and then your the, your
1: thing flies off and it goes dark. And mm. That's it. So there's no big ending, which I wasn't expecting that. But, I mean, and there's the usual tropes. There's spikes, and there's that kind of junk. I mean, it's just nothing here. It's a totally passable game. The controls are fine. Mm-hmm. The hit detection is yep. fine. What did you think about the bit where you kill something and the health
0: flies out? I hated that. I could never get it. The I one can I can
1: here's what I will the, the one thing I will say about the 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 way they do the pow, the the uh, shooting the b- the donuts mm-hmm. in this since you didn't know if any of those were going to have that heart in it you kind of build up anticipation and you have to be always on your toes it's weird because it's so slow but that one split right. second it gets instantly <laughs> you're like oh god I got to get up and get that uh, mm-hmm. that health that's flying off mm-hmm. so I mean I'll give them that yeah. I mean, That's not a deal breaker. It just seems it slowed the game down. Now, the game's crisp. It's colorful. And there's one thing it has that's dandy. It's got live in-game music that's not bad and with sound effects with no settings, no turning crap off. This is 1990.
0: It's DCS. Again, we've talked this a million times. There was no excuse... After say 1990, to never have that happen. Remember when I told you that the upside down gimmick was the best part of the game? Yeah. That was wrong. The best part of the game is the end game. The sound effects are nothing to write home about, but the music in this, it's not my cup of tea personally, but yeah. it's very atmospheric. Yeah. There's different tunes that play in different levels, it's very evocative. Uh, and I, I thought it was great. There, the, the title tune is great. The end game music is great. It was all great. We well, gotta give we gotta give some credit here to Mulholland and Lowe. Yeah, where did these suckers go? Come back,
1: uh, because this the music in this is I mean, again, is this the best music I've ever heard? No, but it's darn for end game music on the Amiga. It's, it's pretty darn good.
0: Absolutely, you know. Absolutely, and
1: it's the the game <laughs> runs smooth. There's mm-hmm. no slowdown. Yeah. I mean, so technically it's solid. Technically solid. This is a. You know, I watched Kim Justice's top 100 games, and this made her list at 97. And she said pretty much what I uh, what I think. It's a game that's got great music, and otherwise, it's okay.
0: Mm -hmm. You know, this this just shows you that you can have technically competent programmers, you can have real good music, but if you don't have a strong vision for what you want the game to be, then you're going to end up with something like this.
1: This reminded me. Of, uh, of what
0: this reminded me of was a ZX Spectrum game, mm-hmm. and, uh, on and we, the, done on the Amiga. We talk about this a lot. We talk about you know eight bit games that just have some lipstick yeah. on them. Well, I that's... mean, this of course this never
1: appeared on those, but right. you can see how Gremlin, who was who had uh, spent a lot of time on the Specky, mm-hmm. they were coming over, they were getting their feet wet on the sixteen bit, and they were trying to. And this this I think is a, an example of what of how they would of course they would want to do great things. Yeah, you know, and this is them. Getting their uh, getting their uh, feet wet in the realm of where they would be working for some time, right? You know, it's a it's a totally competent game. I'm not I'm not saying I don't recommend it. It's it's also a good game for people that aren't particularly good at these sorts of games. Mm-hmm. You can feel good about yourself, and it
0: does it does pass several of my tests when I used to do the uh, ranking of Amiga platforms. How do you think this would rank? This that's... this would rank pretty high, yeah, because it you know you can finish the first stage. You know the stages are clearly marked. There are power ups that you can get. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just, it's, it's, it's about as generic as it comes. That's I did, a It's kind of the, the,
1: the the weapons power things almost a bummer. I almost look at which wasn't there. Yeah.
0: yeah. I, you know, I'm because, with
1: you because otherwise you just look down there. It's like man. Right. I'd uh, still so like to have the four way or the what's beam? the beam up? That sounds awesome. You know? I yeah. mean they've got lots of stuff. And you just you don't get you don't get that mm-hmm. stuff. So but I will say don't let the time uh, don't let the time limit like turn you off. That's if you got a role probably for like Eric Nelson. He hates it so much that he won't play him. It doesn't really come into play until later on, but I mean this is a game also that's got passcodes for levels. So there's also tons of cheats. The version I had, you could turn all the in, in, everything up, turn mm-hmm. all the you can have all the weapons. I didn't use that because I think that I didn't, didn't want to. I wanted to come into it just like a normal right. game player, and I'm glad I did because it, it is nice to have some success. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. So this is like. A good game, maybe to start your platforming days on, and 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 go from there. But it's not if if you're someone who's looking for like a world beater. My thing is, how would this fare on the consoles? And it would not fare well. No. And that's what's the way I look at it. But it's still it doesn't mean it's a bad game. And the music's good, mm-hmm. so that's worth looking at there. I mentioned that this came out on the ST. I did a little side by side here, and uh, you know the ST version looks very
0: similar. Maybe a little less colorful. You just can't you don't have those smooth gradients?
1: Right. Yeah. And uh, but it, it looks it looks fine now. You of course that, I don't
0: know what this game looks like in the non-AGA enhanced version. This is <laughs> yeah. Give me a break.
1: Uh, the uh, uh, you'll notice that on the uh, ST version they've moved all the information at the bottom of the screen. I don't have a problem with that. No, if I'm honest. No. I think I like that better in a way because I I can look at one area mm-hmm. of the screen. Yeah. Uh cuz I, I, I agree with you there. Yeah, so I mean I real, it, I think it looks better on the Amiga in terms of the way the stats are lined up, but the more functional on the ST version mm-hmm. in my opinion. Uh, both did we get any uh, hot hot sweet
0: action on the Discord this week? Uh, I think that we got a single review this week, Aaron. Oh no, we got a couple. We okay. got a couple. All right. We start things off with Lord Soup. Oh, I read this one. (laughs) He says, Another fondly remembered game that turned out to highlight the capable Amiga's developmental isolation from Japan and North America. Oh! Couldn't bear to play it for too long. Unwilling to waste more time to score. Just got my pad working and there is gold to be enjoyed on the Amiga. So War Soup was moving on. Sorry, Soup. It wasn't that bad, Soup. Super Famicane writes, I loved this game when it came out. He played a demo of the first level for weeks when it was on a zero cover disc. It doesn't quite live up to my memories, unfortunately. I still like the slow-paced, precision gameplay, something that works better on Amiga platformers in my opinion, because it's slow and methodical, using the joystick isn't really a hindrance for once. Yes. The graphics are clean, even if the backgrounds are overly simple. I also find it's one of the more forgiving Amiga games, and you can make decent progress before it becomes rock hard. However, once you've seen the first level, apart from a change in graphics, you've pretty much seen everything the game has to offer. Bam. If slow, methodical, precise, puzzle-platform-shooting action is your thing, then there's a short amount of fun to be had. However, if Killing Game Show is more your scene, then there's nothing here to hold your interest. I still enjoyed a few hours with an old friend this week, 6 out of 10. You know, Super game brings up a
1: very good point. There are a, more than a few similarities between this and Killing Game Show. Killing Game Show, of course, graphically destroys this. Mm-hmm. It's way better. We still haven't played that, uh, on that. I, I think That's what I have played on my own. and But uh, it's Killing Game Show is a much faster and Psygnosis levels of hard. Mm-hmm. So there is one difference. This would be a good warm-up to play that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did look at some reviews for this boat. Uh, the good folks at Lemon give this one a 6.57, so it's somewhere in the eh, range. Uh, there were a ton of reviews on this. Uh, And when you boil it all down, across the boards, uh, you're getting an 81%. It's funny, though, looking at some of these reviews, Amiga Joker, renowned for their hate of everything. They gave it an 87. Amiga Power gave it a 39. (laughs) Skewing the numbers. And then the rest of the the people, uh, it ranged from the 90 down to, uh, you know, in the 80s, for the most part, um, uh, Amiga Format and Amiga Feeding, the usual suspects. So all would like you, that let me ask you rain. a question would
0: you rather play this or the Amiga version of Altered Beast Oh, this is much better than all beat. Because, like in nineteen, 19- what a weird thing well, to have. In nineteen ninety, there weren't a whole lot of platformers available on these. Well,
1: by ninety, no, there were
0: there was okay. a lot more stuff. Tell ago. me, oh tell my, me what was oh, there? Oh yeah, I've got the, I've got all the. Well, no. you're, you you can t- tell me one. By ninety, I don't remember of the year stuff come out. See, but by well, ninety, I, what I'm saying is you're wrong. By ninety, there wasn't that much stuff. Listen, there was. I'm not going to go and look this up, but I don't agree. I don't
1: agree with you. And the people in chat, if you don't agree with boat, and you have you could think of some. Feel free, because he's
0: asking someone whose brain's tapioca, and you know that when you ask me questions like that. Well, when you come out and you say, "Well, by '90, there was tons of stuff to play," and you can't All name right. one thing, I'll just
1: go over here real quick. We'll do this in the middle of the show, boat. I'll go over here in the lemon, and we'll go. I'm not going to do it. I don't have time to do this crap, boat. You're nuts. That's that's the way we look at it, right there.
0: Though that is your Venus Fletcher. Any parting thoughts on this before we move on? Listen, I think that this is worth checking out. Just, you know, play it until you get bored and then turn it off and go to something else.
1: Yeah, I think that's a, an apt summarization. Like I said, I like the ease
0: of play, and it's not offensive in any way, so these days that's good enough for me, Bode. Yeah. I don't like defensive. I'll tell you I'll tell you what's not offensive at all, and that's our favorite man on the street who's there for you when you need your Amiga fix. That's Retro Rewind. Oh, yes,
1: Bode. Uh, Retro Rewind he is the keeper of all things in north america that is amiga and commodore Uh, if you need parts he's your guy if you need cap kits he's your man and dadgummit if you just don't want to do the service yourself or you've got a repair that you don't understand how to fix frank will take care of you because that's what frank does frank has decades of high level experience working with the masters that's not hyperbole that's a fact he's been with the greats and he knows all the tricks And he's got the tools up there that you don't have at home take care of business on
0: this stuff. Now, he also offers software solutions, too. For example, if you are itching to get your hands on the latest version of Amiga OS, Amiga OS 3.2, you can check this out. You can get it either just the standalone software or you can order some Kickstart ROMs for it as well. So uh, that is one of the options available to you with Frank. Uh, but really, I mean, if you've got an Amiga and something's wrong, or you want to make something better, make RetroRewind.ca your first stop. And when you do, use promo code AMIGOS10 at checkout to save 10% off this or any order. We do appreciate Retro Rewind, and we thank them for being an official sponsor of Amigos.
1: Absolutely. Ready to get some news in, brother?
0: Let's do it, baby. Let's do it, man. Amiga News. All right, Aaron, our first story this week is one of the, you know, we don't often cover uh, Amiga OS 4.1. No, we've never (laughs) covered it, have we? (laughs) Well, we we mention it from time to time, but most of the time there's just not that much on it that we care about. But, Aaron, this is a game that I care deeply about. The Windows Classic game Space Cadet Pinball has now made an appearance on Amiga OS 4.1. Lots of pinball fans poo-poo this game. Yeah. And for a somewhat good reason. It's, it, the, the physics are not spectacular. The graphics are not great. But gosh darn it, if you grew up with a Windows <laughs> PC yeah. and you didn't have that many games to play, you played a lot of Space Cadet. I played this game a ton and I liked it. I never liked it, I'll be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I never thought it was Well, see, you, you'd you already played Pinball Dreams and Pinball Fantasies and stuff by the time you came around. That's this true. This was my first foray into computer pinball, except for Dave's Midnight Magic. And even those well, Star Wars <laughs> fans of Dave's would know that yeah, this, is, this was yeah, a step up. I'm not going to lie to you. You're not wrong
2: mm-hmm.
1: there. Uh, But, uh, you know, it was okay. I mean, it was free. You got that going for
0: you, Boat, so not too bad. Not my favorite, though. And so you can check this out. This is over at the AmigaOS4Gaming.com if you want to check out more stories related to OS4. Now, Aaron, uh, this next video, you gave a watch earlier in the week, so you can tell us all about it. This is Chris Edwards' new joint, a new FPGA device, uh, the Mini Mig. Tell me about this, Aaron. This was quite a wacky bit
1: here, I'd say. Of course, the Mini, the original Mini Mig, uh, what is an FPGA? It's like a, it's a like sort of like the uh, the predecessor to the to the Mister in a way. And uh, what it was was uh, it would run Amiga. It would run it uh, on like it was two megs, I think, of memory. It was you couldn't you couldn't do everything you want to do on Amiga with it. You could uh, you couldn't run WHD loads. I guess you could run really small ones,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh,
1: but it, it was still it was okay. It was not bad. And so and Chris actually goes into it. He fires this thing up and and, and uh, talks about it. Uh, but then he gets into the new 1.8 version of this thing. Now this listen uh, the uh, the uh, Unamiga was very similar and, and we, we it did it did. The Amiga, and then it would also run other so a few other things, lighter things. If you recall that when I got the upgrade for it, the one point eight is a, is a more robust machine. I think he it says it's got a it's got a sixty eight. Here's the bit I should get in this. This thing has a Motorola processor on it that's not part of the FPGA. Oh,
0: okay.
2: this is
1: what makes this unique, which is wacky. This thing has a sixty eight thousand chip on it. I think he said it was a forty megahertz sixty eight thousand chip. It's got a lot more memory as well, and so what? So you're like, okay, so I can I can uh, FPGA most of the Amiga chips. It's using a real Motorola. What does that mean? Well, to your average person, it doesn't mean much, but to someone with that who's out of their mind or has some crazy visions like Chris, what it means is you can actually use six, peripherals that will fit a sixty eight thousand slot on this FPGA, mm. and so. so Picture this, if you will, Boat. Picture this FPGA board, the sixty-eight thousand chip, and then you take the chip off and you put a Pi Storm on there, or a uh, or a Buffy, okay. or maybe even a Vampire will okay. fit on this. Okay. All these theoretically will work uh, on this thing, and he actually demonstrates. I believe a Pi Storm he puts on this thing. If you can believe it, yeah, he does. It's a Pi Storm, and it, and it works. It works pretty well. And this is just, he didn't do anything. He stuck it on there and cranked it up. So think about that for a minute. It's an interesting marriage of two worlds. The FPGA world to to simulate the Amiga's special chips and everything mm-hmm. else. And then the tried and true 68,000 in its normal way is there. to, And you could screw with it.
0: Now here's the million dollar question, yeah. Aaron. As you know, Mr. Prices have gone through the roof. Raspberry yeah. Pi... Is this thing A available and B
1: affordable? Chris himself said that these were available in very limited supply. I think he—I read that there were at the time of the shooting of the performing of this video and the, the launching of it, there were fifty of them that you could get. I believe, I believe he said these were like three hundred bucks. I think's what he okay. said. Uh, that may be Canadian. And now think about it, uh, and uh, so. Um, is that a good deal? Because I asked them. Like I was like, you know, it seems like a Mister would give you more bang for your buck. Well, he did mention that the Mister was going for. He told me they were going for five hundred bucks. And I don't know. Is that true? What they're is they're going for that I'm much? Not money? sure. I'll have to check it out. Uh, if they are, that's a that's a ton of money. Yeah, by the way, we yeah. got in before that thing went. Thin. I'm glad you Holy got cow. me when You did. You're not kidding. Uh, but still, one thing you can do is with the uh, you know obviously if you if you're getting this just to screw around with the sixty eight thousand. The mission didn't have that. Right. And so, what you're going to get here is uh, something you can really mess with, Mm. I guess, Bo, is what I'm saying. It's very unusual, uh, man. This really caught me off guard. Uh, And you could see him showing off where he had like 400 and some megs of of fast memory on this
0: thing, or slow memory.
1: So... (laughs) It's something for the tinkerer, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, as time goes on. First of all, you know, how many of these uh, actually make it out into the uh, into the world, and what kind of wacky things people end up doing with them.
1: Yeah, and the, and the speed numbers, I think, were off the chart, as you can imagine. Yeah, it's an interesting, it's an interesting idea. I, I, the, the funny thing about this is, apparently, the guy that works with this has been working on these for quite a while. Just the thought of this is, uh, to me, it's just. I mean, let's say you didn't think about modding them in some way or enhancing the. System. So why would you do this? That's the thing I couldn't figure out. right. Uh, but so I'm assuming this was made specifically with this idea in mind. It's very fascinating. I had a little back and forth with Chris on this. It's a it's an interesting it's an interesting proposal. It'll be interesting to see what people do with them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I wonder what
0: can be done that you can't normally do. You know, I don't know. Well, I mean, you can't. For example, you can't put a Pi Storm on a Mister. No, yeah. no.
1: I mean, what what could you do? If you couldn't normally do on like an Amiga,
0: right? With all that stuff. That's
1: what, right. I, and I don't know. Yeah. You uh, know, of course, it's new hardware. You know, it, some of these things you can't really question them. I mean, you just kind of stand back and just see what they do. And mm-hmm. I think this is a perfect example of that. But
0: yeah, yeah, good well, stuff though. Absolutely. All right, Aaron. Uh, this next story is uh, about an upcoming festival right here in the United States, the Commodore Amiga uh, exhibit at Vintage Computer Festival East, which is up in Wall, New Jersey. Aaron, it's about an eight and a half, nine-hour drive. I've never been are. there either. I don't. I'm not one hundred percent sure where that's at in New Jersey. Me neither. I don't know if it's north or south, but it's at the, It's going down at the Info Age Science and History Museum. Uh, It's going to be April 22nd and 23rd, so just about a month away. Uh, There are going to be some uh, big names at this thing, Aaron. Uh, There's Bill Hurd, Dave Haney, Andy Finkel, uh, some other guys. So uh, this is probably going to be, you know, if you're an Amiga fan, somewhere in the uh, North Atlantic section of the United States, uh, you're going to want to come over here and check this out. Uh, The VCF festivals are always a good time. One of these days, we're going to have to go to one of them that aren't so far away. Yeah, that's the, the one thing about this, uh, of course, we're sort of kind of
1: on the East Coast. You know, we're not on a coast. Uh, but that's a long drive. And it's not an easy drive either because you're going up through, like, the most populated part of this part of the country. Right. And so the traffic and the, and the headaches to get up there, especially right around this time of year is when all the construction goes on in the United States. Mm-hmm. And so getting anywhere is just a slog. And so that would be...
0: Probably uh, too far flung. Yeah, eight hours and forty-eight minutes, almost a nine-hour drive. Yeah, so. yeah,
1: and that's and if you co- if you add in all the construction involved, mm-hmm. and in West Virginia, you don't it's not in straight shot; it's up and down mountains, mm-hmm. and so you get your time and the, and also the price of gasoline. There are plenty of reasons for us not to go, but everyone else that's nearby <laughs> should absolutely go. You should definitely go. I would love to go to this one of these days, but we'll put it on the list. All
0: right. Now our next story, Aaron, is uh, this is uh, just came up today uh, on my YouTube feed. This is a uh, this is an expose on a new piece of kit called the MT Thirty Two Pi. All right, and what this does is you you actually can use this in conjunction with a uh, with a Mister or with you know some other thing like that, and you can actually get MIDI like the authentic MIDI capabilities through your FPGA. Uh, so you see here, uh, if you're watching the video version of this, that this guy has hooked this, uh, this, this device up to his mister. And what this is, allows you to do is to, when you play games that have you know, the extra MIDI available, you can actually use this MIDI chip to get that authentic sound. Uh, this video is actually cool because he talks about all of the different MIDI applications. You, know, uh, well, you, you don't really hear too much about MIDI on the Amiga. It was more of an ST thing. Uh, but there's uh, tons and tons of uh, MIDI um, uh, composition things. Uh, there's uh, you know different players that are available. He goes through a whole bunch of different games. Uh, he takes you through the list of MT-32 compatible computer games so you know what to play. Um, it's pretty cool, Aaron. Uh, now, did you ever have any great desire to uh, get some MIDI action in on your Amiga back in the day? Absolutely not, Boat. I had no desire for that at all. And I know people have
1: built things to their misters and stuff to, uh, to uh, add MIDI uh, availability. Sometimes they look really cool when mm-hmm. they've got these big gimmicks strapped to them. Mm-hmm.
0: They always have an EQ on the front with the bouncing yeah uh, But uh,
1: really, most of the game-wise, you had like your Lucasfilm stuff. I think they supported mm-hmm. a lot of that stuff. Like, yeah. you know, like but I mean, I don't know. I just never did it for me. I'll like. I i mean, I'll, I'll take something like a C64 uh, chip tune or something day of the week. MIDI just never did it for me. But mm-hmm. listen, Some people love it, and it's just like I didn't like AdLib, same thing. Some people love it. Some people will pay a lot of money to get a card to simulate AdLib. I would
0: get a card to not simulate it. (laughs) Well, you can check that out. That comes from YouTuber RetroBits. Now, is this something that's for sale? Is that what we're talking about? Uh, There's a GitHub page, so I have a feeling that uh, you need a Raspberry Pi... And a, uh, you, you download this software on the GitHub, and then you make yourself, you 3D print yourself a case, and you're good to go. You know,
1: those Raspberry Pis have went up substantially mm-hmm. as well, so, and are tougher to get. It, it, that's where we're at now,
0: right? Yep, yep. I'm, for all the people that bought like 50 of those things, it's a good thing we did it when you did. Mm-hmm. All right, Aaron. And finally, this week, a milestone for our buddy and, uh, and friend of the show, uh, Neil from RMC. He has finally opened the cave. And uh, he's published his first video based on uh, his grand opening with the public uh, being able to come in and try out everything. Aaron, what did you think about this video when you saw it?
1: Well, I mean, of course, you know, when we, we were, if you'll recall, when he first announced this, I told you, I was like, this is brilliant, what he's doing here, for a bunch of reasons. Uh, and uh, really, I didn't understand it, the scope of what he was looking to do. And I certainly didn't understand that he was this was going to be an attraction at some point, and it's like a paid attraction, like you would go to uh, a museum or something. You, and so, uh, and the thing is, because if you'd said, "Listen, Neil's put together this paid attraction," I'd be like, "Oh, come on, this is a, this is something I'd pay to see." All uh, right, I mean, it, he's done a, it's out of this world. Mm-hmm. Like I would sit back and just bask in my own awesomeness if I had this. Uh, it's very clever. It's well done. Clearly, he he had a vision. I'm sure he had a lot of input. Uh, but everything about it is just top shelf. Neil is a guy who's got, you know better than anybody, Bo, because you worked with him so long. Neil's got that kind of demeanor, uh, the quiet, sort of polite demeanor. He's very personable. He's the right person to, to host a gig at a place like this. He's the right person to run a place like this. And he really lucked into, I'll tell you what, getting kicked out of that old place was like, it did him a world of good. Because the place he's at now is beautiful. He's got a beautiful, huge room with expansion capabilities. Plus, he's got the guy making his uh, pie, his uh, uh, Mister Gimmick, who lives like down the down the stairs. I think mm-hmm. he owns the building. Like it all fell into place perfectly for Neil. He couldn't have asked for things to come down any better. And so, it's nice to see good things happen to people that are good people and are also are hard workers. The amount of man hours it would have taken to take that stuff up and down the stairs, I can't even imagine. Oh, my gosh. And so, good on him. Uh, I know we've known a couple people that have already got to see the cave. And I'm sure we'll, plenty of our buddies will get down there to check it out. And one of these days, Bo, we'll have to go over there and uh, and get, go and see Neil's cave. Hopefully, he'll compass boat uh, when we get there. But I would love to go in there and
0: check it out. Well, if you're interested in visiting the cave, basically it's open every weekend. Uh, well, almost every weekend, you can go to his store and uh, book a session. Uh, and the sessions are either morning or afternoon. They're three-hour blocks. Uh, and uh, a ticket to one of these events is £12.50, which gives you, you know, run full run of all the machines that are there, plus access to the library. He's got thousands of well-organized classic magazines, plus the arcade machines. Looks like about twenty computers there, so you won't run out of things to do. You know that. Remember that we covered that place in Raleigh, Durham. That was the
1: arcade. It was the bread and be- breakfast. Mm-hmm. That's what he should have over. He should find one of these empty storerooms, put a bed in there, and do yeah. an overnighter. And then Neil could serve you coffee and the Danish in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know, come in. Where it all? It, that's he can take care of that no problem. That's right. Plus, you
0: he can say like, listen, spend the night in this historic mill. You got all the angles covered. You know right. what I mean? Absolutely, absolutely. So. Uh, make sure you check out Neil's latest video to see all of the great things that are going on, and I can't wait to see what he's going to cook up next over in the cave. Yeah,
1: congratulations, Neil. By the way, great job. It looked really good.
0: All right, Aaron, let's head on over to our community update section and see what's been going on on both of our YouTube channels. All right, so let's get it going here, Boaster. Uh, right out of the gate... We're going to talk
1: about uh, this last twelve hundred XL boat. Why don't you talk to the people about what we did
0: on this one? So this was this is hot off the presses. Yeah, this is all about Donkey Kong. Uh, we, uh, you know, we are uh, Donkey Kong. One of your favorite games. Oh of all gosh, time. yes, I love it, man. And you we figured it was time to cover it on twelve hundred XL. We go, we take sort of a deep dive, talk about you know what makes it different than the arcade version, talk about the history, and do some port comparison stuff. Uh, But most of all, we just celebrate what a great game Donkey Kong is, and I get a chance to publicly thank uh, David, Z and Bob from the Atari Age Forums for hooking me up with both a floppy drive and a killer upgraded board, which I just tested out. With the capture card, there's going to be some Atari uh, streaming in the future now that I have the ability to capture right off the main hardware.
1: It looked great, by the way. I was real impressed, and you had to tell me exactly what had happened. Yeah. Because I just I was like, what did you, how, did I, how do I make mine do that? Right, by right. By the way, we're going to
0: talk later. How do I make mine do that? <laughs> you got to tell me how to do it. So, that's 1200XL for this week. It's a good show. Check it out. Yeah, listen, I had a lot of fun. With it.
1: You know, I'm a big Donkey Kong man, mm-hmm. and you even knew a couple of things that even I didn't know. Ooh. And I thought I knew it all. So, yeah, check it out. Good times. There might even be a little comparison in there with the old king. That's right. You know that, because you know Boat can't let it go. So we had to compare him with Donkey King. So there you go, Boat. I enjoyed that, actually, quite a bit. Now, here's something else I enjoyed, Boatster. You always enjoy these. It's when me and you get together and just talk about your garbage. <laughs> and by God, we were in rare form on this oh, one, yeah. uh, Boat, as we did Ask the Amigos March of 2022. I know you never remember these, but what do you remember about this one? Nothing. <laughs> I, I remember we got raided by Neil,
0: and we had 87 million people in the That chat. was cool. Yeah. That was nice. But yeah, it was also... Uh, the questions are real fun this oh, time. Oh, yeah. Around. What was the worst computer you've ever used? Yeah. You know, I thought about that question some more. Yeah. And I in and, and and I wasn't thinking clearly at you the time. You weren't? I know it's hard to believe. But really, I want to revise my answer. Well, I, I can't remember what you said on the show. Actually, you... maybe I want to keep it the same. All right. What did you say on the so show? So this is just using the computer itself. All right. Okay? The answer has got to be the ZX spectrum, the 48k spectrum. Why do you say that? Okay. No on off switch. Dead Flesh keyboard. When you try and type commands into BASIC on the keyboard, they don't do what you think they do because you've got to read the tiny words on there. Um, Loading times on the cassette, never a good time. So just from a single usability standpoint, 48K has got to be the worst, even though the games, the games are a whole different. They're some of the best. Just using it. Can you think of one that's worse than that? Well, I, I, didn't, I
1: said one that was worse. Well,
0: you didn't, you've never actually used a Metal Aquarius. You've never sat in front of one. I, I've seen
1: on. them. I've never typed on yeah. it. But no, it's just. But listen, the, here's the difference. On the ZX Spectrum, I'll, I sit through a load screen and go through all that rigor, but I know that at the end of that screen, it's going to be something cool pop up. That's true. There's a chance. That's true. Okay? On the Aquarius, it's a 0% <laughs> There's chance. There's no chance. There, you're no you're chance. sitting through a loading screen and it's going to be garbage. Yeah. It's Horrible, and that's the big difference there. That's true. You know, that's you know, you uh, gotta you know, it, you you got to have something to look forward to when you're sitting there waiting for the tape to look for like 15 minutes, yeah. Boat. Um, last on the docket for this channel this week. Oh, man, this is controversial. Controversial. <laughs> uh, it's myself and the Brent. We didn't realize it, but we did, we did a, a a bad thing, I guess. We did a, a video this week, Games That Make No Sense, uh, Boat. Uh, this was a category Brent came up with this time around. Uh, I took a look at WarioWare. which I love Mega Micro Games. You know, I was surprised that Brent was kind of not so keen on it. I couldn't believe it. I
0: think he was being contrary.
1: I like the art. I think he you likes know what it. makes this game. is aside from the minigames, it's just the art style, the music. It's just Everything. all of it. they, It's a it's a complete package. The guys at Nintendo are geniuses. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're artists. They're like yeah. literal artists. Yeah. Uh, Brent looked at a game. I'd never heard of this, and it's the
0: Brent Special. He looked at Wrecked. A psychedelic adventure. This was I could not believe when you guys, when Brent started talking about this game, how crazy it was. This game, (laughs) I will say, he did what it said on the 10 because this game makes absolutely no
1: sense. A game put out by people to keep you from doing drugs A game where your lead character takes every drug he can. (laughs) Right, and he walks away, and and he's dancing. I mean, (laughs) he was taking shrooms, he's drinking, smoking, shooting up, the whole nine yards. I wanted to do drugs after I watched it. Now, the funny thing is, a little funny thing happened in a way to release this. I looked at our, you know, listen, ARG's numbers are up and down like a yo-yo, depending on what we do, on YouTube. Uh, And this week, they were way down. I thought, man, we have released something here that people just, I hate. What did we do? And then Brent brought up the point that it hadn't showed up in any subscribers' right. list. Right. I was looking for it, and I couldn't and find it. And the reason that happened, presumably, is because when we set this game up, you have to set up YouTube with all their conditions, and I put white drug... I st- had to. I felt like I was obligated, because we do talk about some drugs in the game. We had to. And apparently, when you do that, despite the fact that it said go game for advertisers... Right. It's not okay for anyone to be advertised too, right? Because it's ended the subscription from getting these. And I'm hoping next week everything's fixed. But if you didn't get this in your subscription box and you usually watch ARG, it was released. And actually, I thought this was a pretty good show. So if you're into that, uh, please check, check us out. But that was a that was weird, Boat. Have you ever have we done anything on the Amigos
0: that ever had that happen? No, because I never say that we do anything bad in our. Well, it's 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 like covering doom and saying yeah we talk about guns. You should right. never do that. Well, listen, I was trying to be
1: I was trying to be an authentic guy here, Bo. That's why you know that was me. your first mistake. So over on uh over on the Amiga Stream team, we've got one release here, and this was uh the show we did Friday. Actually, I did this one. Uh, this was, uh, Retro Games on Steam. Now listen, I'm not gonna lie to you, but I had a lot of fun, uh, on this one. Look at how you're moodily lit there, too. Yeah, that's because I have no lights in my room anymore. (laughs) It's horrible. My light's coming apart, in case you didn't know it. So, this game, I thought it'd be fun to get on Steam and just get some stuff that had a retro appeal or a sequel that was, uh, for a retro game. So we look at uh, the, the uh, Steam version of, it's called Chaos uh, something, I can't remember the name Chaos of it. Chaos Reborn. Reborn, which is if you play the old ZX Spectrum Chaos game, which you know, one of my, if not my favorite ZX Spectrum game in the top two or three. Uh, this is a great, in fact the same guy worked on it, so you know it's gold. It's a lot of fun. It's on Steam. We also looked at uh, Super Frog HD. We looked at uh, the Wings remaster, which is, the this is another one. Like, no one talks about this, and it mm-hmm. should be talked about. Because if you like Wings on the Amiga, it's exactly the same, but better in every way. I mean, exactly the same. If you're the kind of guy that, like, I don't like no change, that's what they did. They mm-hmm. made it perfect. They did a great job. Uh, we looked at a few other things on here. Uh, a lot of, like I said, a lot of remade stuff. This is Retro Mania Wrestling. How was that, that, by the way? Uh, disappointing. Really? I'll be honest mm-hmm. with you. It's not like Wrestlefest, like I hoped. Mm-hmm. This is uh, this is Great Ghana Sisters' Twisted Dream. That looks great. This is a brilliant game. That looks great. And if you think about what Great Grandad Sisters is, right? Which is a, I mean, I know people cherish it, but it's a, it's a crappy rip off of Mario. Like this right. is a real. This game. is a real
0: game. Yeah,
1: and this had a couple sequels that were, and they were, but this was great. And then this is a game that was, that came out,
0: uh, for the Genesis. This is you and Brent did this. Yeah, right? we did.
1: We mm-hmm. did this. I thought it'd be fun to try one of these games. It's called, uh, boy, the name is escaping and I here. can't remember either. But anyway, it was a lot of fun. It's, it's a pretty good, it's a real big cartridge. It's like the biggest Genesis cartridge ever mm-hmm. or Mega Drive. So anyway, this was. I had a lot of fun on the stream. So if you're interested in it, please, uh, hop over to the Amiga, uh, the Amigos stream team channel.
0: That's Amigo Stream yeah, Team, and three if, words. If you have trouble finding it, then you can go to bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash Amigo Stream Team. It'll take you right yeah. there. Every week we get more people adding, and every week there'll be more content. I'm fixing to release
1: some uh, more stuff this evening, so there'll be more good stuff coming. Flack is releasing his stuff on here and Awesome Frodo, so it should be a lot of fun, Boat. Yeah, man. Coming up uh, this week and on both channels.
0: All right, Aaron, as we prepare... Ourselves mentally and physically (laughs) for the Patreon song. I should talk about last week's Patreon song challenge winners. So last week was the Star Wars medley, Aaron. Yeah, that one I knew. That's one of the ones I knew. Rob O'Hare, are you shocked that he was the first one out of the game? Not shocked at that. Yep, Barkbit got it. R. Typer, Pac Billy, Matthew Perron, Chris Folds, and Edvin Helland at the 11th hour uh, got his entry in. So, congratulations. One and all for that. Uh, and Aaron, uh, this week we've got a new Patreon song. This is a full band, but it's a band of me's. So, I'm sorry. Oh, good God, no. <laughs> not the band of you. Uh, and if you know the answer, you can send me an email at john at amigospodcast.com. We do want to thank you. you know, we don't often thank our Patreon supporters. In fact, I'm not sure if singing their name is thanking them. I'm not either. Um, but if you would like to join the list, head on over to patreon.com slash amigospodcast. And uh, you can support the show. You get access to our Discord community. Lots of awesome stuff. So, Aaron, here we go. John at AmigosPodcast.com. Take it away.
2: <laughs> Albert Kim, Stefan, Sogaard, Song. Wander Lee, Chesapeake 10 Minute Amiga Retrocast, Gary Huck and Mr. Chip, John Marshall, Benz, We Like What We Like, Raylan, Explorer, Day the Dog, Joe the Zombie. 'Cause Cameron arms stronger creatures in mystical Love. Lawrence room Bradley, oil the pole at, at San Frodo in a bolo. Edvin, Helen, and Eric Nelson, David for Daniel Crabtree, said, yeah, alone. The Terrace. F. Bolly Esterlink's level, Lord. David Hearn, Thomas Bean, Rob O'Hara, Phantom Magnus. Crazy Loomis Bachman. Christian Giselle, Megan A. Gaming. Kelly Jupiter, William Fitzgerald, Scar, Brutal Barracuda. Christopher, has Sean McRae, Pets of Oh, Johnny, David, Daniel Williams, Don't Slow, Norris, Rambo, Kays, Legacy, Dizzy. Alice, Duffy, Leighton, Sam, good Bernard, Quinn. David C. Mark Bile, and Jason Warnes, Matthew Bobias, Lou Cousin, Joseph Harrison, Josh RMC Lofts, Women, Neighbor, Bundy, the Amiga Show, David C. McIntosh, Librarian, Tim Drew, Simon Ledge, Martin B., Gary, Heather, Huntsley, Faisal, Witch, Jerry, Farmer, Darren, Coles, Kyle, Letter, Peter Price, Seth A. Robinson, Alan, Kefal, and Kjellbjorn Barman.
0: That's a good play, mode. Thank you. Thank you. Singing? Arr. Well, yeah. Uh, you know, I didn't. I wasn't sitting in the chair and rocking back and forth. If you're familiar with Was the, this, just before you back version. went on the blank when yes. you filmed that. Yeah, yeah. Can you yes.
1: do stuff like that? Like,
0: could you teach band with your back that jacked up? Uh, well, we're gonna find out come Monday. <laughs> um, so, and of course, we want to thank all of our fantabulous uh, Twitch uh, followers, Twitch Good word. subscribers. Uh, Jabasoft, Scumboy, Pixel rages Edvin Helland, Jigglebox, RetroRewind.ca, RetroJerry, Honored Shadow, Eeyore4077, Amiga Live, Wing Chun Wolf, Twilight Zoner, John Marshall 3, The Mr. Chip, Gary Heather, Jason Warnes, Paco Take, Macahan, Matt Dufort, Oil of Hope, Great Algae, Captain Chaos DK, Blow Jellyfish, Explorer, Buck Owens, FrodoNL, Lumin808, OROM, Pishbot, Real Retro Dude, HSEI Ken, Christian Russell Grizzla, Duh, Crabs MTG, Still Adolescing, Super Dan, Anthony Roberts, Steve Burtz, Negsol Gustavo Hits, Brock 101, Mitsuyama, Uber Scooper Diver, Ride World of Retro, Bark Bit, and Thruso Bard. Thank Holy you guys snuff. so much. We record this show live almost every Friday. Can't you tell? Although we're (laughs) we're recording Thursday today. Uh, But you can check us out on twitch.tv slash AmigosRetroGaming and be part of the chat. We love it. And uh, Aaron, what are we going to be playing next week on the show? Let's find out, shall we? And the winner is... Oh, man, it's Bomb Jack. Yeah, yeah. This is a game that I discovered late in life. I never played this growing up, yeah. but I really enjoyed the various permutations of this. Might have a go with the old beer edition as well. I've played this very few times. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest. It's, I I never got into it, mm-hmm. but I never really cared. So right. now
1: I, I I care more. <laughs> you know, as you were singing that beautiful song and going to those names, but it made me remember, bam, this right here. This is the new one, Boat. That's right. I picked it up. It's our cool uh, shirt with all the us- all the users. Turn on Brent. All the <laughs> listener names on it. There. Uh, where can uh, someone get a shirt of this? Could
0: have their name on it. That's right. So another advantage of being a Patreon supporter is you get your name on the shirt. If you go to amigattees.com and look for our supporters shirt, you can see uh, you can order yourself one of those and be part of the cool club. I noticed that my name is not on here, neither is yours, is it? I, well, we, we don't support our own shows. Is man. that that's
1: me there, right? Third that degree is brown you. belt, and I'm this the that's you. Yeah.
0: Oh my I'm god. I'm represented by an eighth note. It's no, it's no joke that
1: the little musical notes are right above the trash can yeah. just drag that right in there. It's also buddy. yellow.
0: Yeah, boys just call them yellow oh, remember that boy. Song, Coward of the County yeah I
1: do, I love that song, yeah.
0: except for the bad part <laughs> alright, so uh, guys, thank you as always for watching we'll see you next week with Bomb Jack until then, adios, adios.